This is the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast, episode number three. Home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Well, hello everyone. My name is Doug, and this is indeed a podcast about home improvement and home ownership, which is why today I'm going to talk about auto repair. Yeah. That's right, auto repair. I admit that it may seem off topic, and you may be wondering why I would go off topic already when this is only the third episode of this podcast, but trust me, it will all make sense once you see where I'm going with this. If you listen to the first episode of this podcast, you will know that I avoided shop in high school. I went into some detail about the reasons why, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I invite you to check it out. All you really need to know today is that I never took any shop classes, and that includes auto shop. I know guys who took auto shop in high school, and a lot of these guys still work on their own cars. They do their own tune-ups and oil changes and brake jobs. Me? I take my car to the dealership and I pay someone else to do the job for me. In fact, I recently paid out about $1,000 for a complete brake job and some other service. And $350 of that bill was for labor. $350 is a pretty hefty chunk of change that I could have saved had I done the job myself. There are plenty of auto supply stores that anyone, including me, can walk into and buy everything needed to do a complete brake job. The rotors, the pads, the calipers. Anyone, including me. Nothing is stopping me from changing my own brakes, other than the fact that I've never done it before and I never learned how. But I can get the parts and the tools and do it in my own driveway on any given weekend. I could try to figure out what to do by reverse engineering the brakes. You know, take the old parts off and try to put the new parts on the same way. But that would be crazy, right? I could buy a book or a magazine with shiny, glossy pages and easy step-by-step instructions. Or I could print out a WikiHow article. (laughs) I can read? How hard could this be? Better yet, I could call up one of my friends who took AutoShop and have them watch over my shoulder to make sure that I'm doing the job right. Or I could watch them do a brake job and learn that way. Not quite as good as having direct supervision on my first brake job, but still better than some of the alternatives that I've already mentioned. Hey, you know what? I could watch anyone do a brake job. All I have to do is go on YouTube. There are plenty of resources for someone like me to do his own brake job, even if I've never done one before. But does that mean that I should? Imagine that you're sitting next to me as we hurtle down the highway going 85. No, wait, 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 wait. Speed limit's only 65. Imagine that you're sitting next to me as we hurtle down the highway going 65 miles per hour. And I turn to you and I tell you that I just changed my own brakes. How safe would you feel? What if I told you that it was the first time I had ever changed my own brakes myself? What if I told you that I learned how to change my brakes by watching a YouTube video? 
And by that point, you'd probably be reaching for the crash helmet and looking for a soft place to land at the side of the highway. But isn't this the sort of thing we do when it comes to home improvements? Ah, now you see where I'm going with this. Sure, laying tile is not going to be life-threatening, no matter how bad a job you do, unless, of course, the tile is so uneven that it becomes a tripping hazard. But there are plenty of things that we can do to a house that can pose a threat to our safety or at least cause damage and lead to greater expense if not done properly. Bad plumbing or improperly installed windows can lead to water damage, which can rot wood or cause mold or structural problems. Messing around with structure can be catastrophic if you don't know what you're doing. Sure, taking out a wall to open things up seems like a good idea. It looks good, but it could lead to a world of hurt if that wall is load-bearing and you do nothing to redistribute that load. Electrical. <laughs> Need I say more? There is a long list of potential mistakes that you can make if you don't know what you're doing. There's not much room for error here. And the consequences can be shocking. shocking. Okay, you know I had to take that shot, but this isn't really a joking matter. Besides the shock hazard, electrical fire is a real concern if you overload circuits or don't connect wires properly. Not to mention that electricity can kill you while you're working on it. And even if you aren't working directly with electrical or plumbing, you could still damage pipes and wiring behind walls if you're not careful. Now, consider this. I can walk into Home Depot or Lowe's today and buy virtually everything needed to build a complete house. I'm talking the lumber for the framing, the sheathing, the siding, windows, insulation, vapor barrier, drywall, shingles, electrical wiring, plugs, switches, breakers, electrical panels, plumbing supplies, flooring material. And if I have electric uh, baseboard heat and window air conditioners, there'd be no need for other mechanicals. Plus, they sell or rent any tool that I would need. Truly a one-stop shop. Here's the question, though. Does the ability to buy lumber and fasteners and tools at Home Depot make me any more of a carpenter than buying brake pads and rotors at the auto supply store would make me a mechanic? Today I'm going to take a look at one of the most common questions homeowners ask. Should I hire someone or can I do it myself? Or maybe it's the other way around. Is this something I can do myself, or should I hire someone? I enjoy listening to those call-in type radio home improvement shows where the caller will often ask that very question and expect the host or the expert to be able to give a yes or no answer. As I said in the first episode of this podcast, becoming a homeowner usually forces you to become a do-it-yourselfer. But how do you decide what you can and can't do? Let me take a look at a couple examples from my own experience. The basement windows in my first house needed to be replaced. One was broken, another one went and closed tightly, and these were single-pane windows, so they weren't very energy efficient. I ended up hiring a local window company to come out and install all new basement windows around the house. 
The next time I saw my neighbor, he more or less told me that I was nuts to have spent all that money to have Windows installed when they were something that I could have installed myself. He even pointed to one of his basement windows and told me how he had installed it himself and that it was an easy job. I eventually had all the main floor windows replaced in that house, and I've probably had about half the windows replaced in our current house. But to this day, even though I possess a level and a drill, I choose not to install windows myself. And there's a couple reasons for that. First of all, improper installation could lead to leaks and water damage, whereas professional installation would be less likely to have a problem and would be covered by a warranty anyway. More importantly, I am not the speediest worker. Professional window installers could probably replace every window in my house in the time that it takes me to replace one. And what happens if I don't find the project as easy as my neighbor did? I am not my neighbor, and my neighbor is not me. We are two different people with different experience and different abilities. I would probably end up having to hire someone anyway. Another example. Um, the finish of the bathtub in my first house was in pretty rough shape. I had read an article that recommended a specific brand of tub and tile epoxy, and I figured that I had nothing to lose by giving it a try. And it actually worked out quite well. The tub looked pretty good when I was done, and the finish lasted a couple years before it started deteriorating. At that point in time, I decided to call in a professional to refinish the tub. I gotta tell you, what a difference between my brush-on epoxy refinishing and the professional finish. But beyond that, it cost me more to have that professional job done because all my epoxy had to be removed. So I not only spent the money on the epoxy, but I spent extra money on the labor to remove it when I could have just had the tub professionally finished in the first place. Sometimes it just makes more sense to hire a professional than to try to do something yourself. What I would like to do now is present some of the questions you need to ask yourself before you consider taking on a project. Number one. What happens if this weekend project turns into a two-month project? How disruptive or inconvenient is the project going to be until it's finished? Losing use of a kitchen or a bathroom for an extended period of time is horribly inconvenient, and so is stepping over unfinished floors or zigzagging around construction materials. Number two, do I know how to do the job, or is there someone I can ask for help, or is there a resource, a good reliable resource, for learning how to do the job? Number three, what is the worst case scenario if I make a mistake? <laughs> For example, electrical can kill you or cause a fire that can kill you. Now that's a worst case scenario if there ever was one. Number four, how much more? will it cost to fix my mistake versus the cost of hiring a professional in the first place? You can invest in the best materials, but if you mess up, you'll be paying someone to rip those materials out, as well as paying for new materials plus the labor to do the job right. Number five, what are the reasons behind doing the job myself? I'll take a look at some of those reasons a little bit later. 
And number six, how confident am I that I can do the job right? I guess in a general sense, this is the same as asking, is this a job I can do myself? But it isn't the simple yes or no answer that you're looking for. Your confidence level is going to depend on your answer to the other five questions. Knowing how to do a job is not the same as being able to do the job well. So let's take a look at these questions in action. And the first example I'm going to use is the tub example for my first house. I do have the benefit of hindsight on this one, so I'll answer the questions accordingly. What would have happened had that project taken longer than planned? The epoxy only has a limited working time, so once it's mixed, if I didn't finish within that time, I would have had to buy another kit, and the finished job might have ended up looking terrible. And until it cured completely, I wasn't able to use the tub. Did I know how to do the job? Or was there a resource? Well, th there were instructions on the can. And those instructions were pretty clear. Prep the surface, mix the epoxy, apply it like paint. Seemed easy enough. What would be the worst case scenario if I made a mistake? Only the appearance of the tub would be affected, not the functionality. The tub was already ugly, so it would just be ugly in a different way if I messed up. It's not like it was going to leak. What was the cost of fixing my mistakes? At the time, I hadn't even considered this one. I figured the tub already looked like crap, so I had nothing to lose. And the finish did last a couple years, so I don't really consider that a mistake. But removing the epoxy added about 33% to the cost of professional refinishing. So maybe applying the epoxy in the first place? Maybe that was a mistake. What were the reasons behind doing it myself? Well, that's a simple one. A can of epoxy was only about 15% of the cost of professional refinishing, so the motivation was to save money. What was my confidence level? By that time, I had done a fair amount of painting, so I was pretty good at it, and the epoxy was applied like paint, so my confidence was quite high. The final verdict? Well, go ahead. Why not? Let's do another example. What about changing out a window? What happens if that project takes longer than planned? Oh, there's a hole in the house. And bad weather might move in while it's still opened up. It's a difficult project to do once the sun goes down, so it's important to get it done before losing daylight. And if it has to be left unfinished overnight, it should be covered with a tarp or temporarily boarded up. Otherwise, weather or critters could get into the house. Do I know how to do the job or is there someone that could help me or is there a resource? I've never replaced windows myself, but I've seen it done on television and step-by-step -step instructions are readily available online. And that neighbor who installed his own windows might also be willing to lend a hand. What is the worst case scenario if I make a mistake? The window could leak, and that can lead to water damage, and that can be costly to repair. What is the cost of fixing mistakes? I might end up having to hire a professional to reinstall the window. If the window gets damaged during the installation, it might have to be replaced. And if the mistake wasn't noticed right away, 
it might lead to significant water damage that needs to be repaired. Rotting framing, buckling floors from the moisture, mold, damaged drywall. The list goes on. What are the reasons for doing it myself? The obvious one is to save money on labor, but it would also be a way to challenge myself, to add a new skill or ability to my DIY repertoire. How confident am I that I can do the job right? Well, all you need are some basic carpentry skills, and I can use a drill and a level. I have the basic skills required, so I should be confident. But I'm just not feeling it. So is replacing a window a job I can do myself? All evidence points to yes, but if I don't install it properly and there is a water leak, the damage could end up being much more expensive than the amount of labor that I'm saving by doing it myself. Therefore, I would only consider attempting this project if I'm being helped by someone who knows what they are doing, or if I was installing the window in a shed or a playhouse where a leaking window wouldn't matter as much. Call it a practice run to boost my confidence for next time. Otherwise, I choose to leave this job to the pros. Actually, this does bring up an interesting point. When it comes to some projects, you should consider a practice run on some scrap. For example, before you tile your bathroom floor, throw down a sheet of plywood in your garage or basement and practice tiling on it to get used to working with a thin set and grout before you do the real thing. Sure, you're sacrificing some material, so there is a cost associated with it, but it's easier and less expensive to toss out a piece of plywood with a few tiles on it than to rip out a bathroom floor because the results weren't quite what you expected. The same applies for other finesse projects like finishing drywall or even painting. You know, in the first episode, I talked about how I ended up hiring professional painters because I was having just a wee bit of difficulty painting my house before I moved in. The next time I tried painting on my own, it was in the laundry room in the basement. It gave me a chance to work on my technique, and if I was still a hopeless klutz, which I wasn't, but if I was, at least it was a room that nobody besides me was going to see. Okay, let's take a look at one last scenario. Can I reshingle a roof myself? If the job takes longer than expected, the unfinished area would have to be tarped. And there's the risk of weather-related damage. There are plenty of resources and instructions available, but I would prefer someone knowledgeable to verify that I'm doing the job right. My confidence level is somewhat low because I've never shingled before, but shingling is one of those things that once you learn the basics, it's just a matter of getting a rhythm going. It's mostly repetition. Again, I would prefer to practice on a woodshed or a playhouse before my own house just to get my confidence up. What is the worst case scenario? Let's say I don't install the shingles straight. They would look terrible. The roof would have to be redone or it would affect the value of the house. The roof might leak. Again, there's that water damage thing. I would have to build my confidence to the point where I wouldn't have to worry about that. There's also the potential for serious injury if I fall from the roof while installing the shingles. 
I'm not afraid of heights. I've hiked in the mountains out west, but for some reason, getting up on a roof turns my knees to jelly. I don't like being up on a roof, and the older I get, the nervouser I get. I'm much more nervous now than I was when I was younger. At the very least, I am less of a risk-taker. Now, I can stop here. This nervousness is actually serious enough that it increases the likelihood that I would have an accident. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I should fight through it and get over my fear and become more comfortable working on roofs. But for me, a middle-aged guy who wants to make it to old age, the risks just aren't worth it. I would prefer to remain on the ground, and that is where I shall stay. Let the guys who are comfortable on the roof work up there. Why should I take the chance? All right, I'm going to take a little break, and when I come back, I'm going to look at the reasons why you might choose to do it yourself. Hey, you know, whatever you're looking for, chances are you can find it at Amazon. The next time you shop at Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Amazon.co.uk, you can help support this podcast if you get there by clicking through one of the links at thumbandhammer.com. It won't cost you any extra. You get what you want, and I will earn a modest commission. We all win. You can find those links on the show notes page for this episode, and I thank you so much for your support. right, I'm back. Now I'm going to take a look at the why of DIY. That's why, W-H-Y. Why? <laughs> why do you ask? Uh, be- because why is an important question. You should try to understand your motivation behind doing a job yourself before you take it on. Here are some of the reasons why you might choose to do it yourself. This is not a definitive list and these are in no particular order. Number one, money. This is the big one. Why pay someone to do something that you can do yourself? Think of the money you'll save by not having to pay for labor. First of all, we need to stop looking at labor cost as an hourly rate. If a job only takes an hour and the guy charges $250 for labor, we equate that to paying $250 an hour for labor. In reality, what we're paying for is his or her expertise. It might take one contractor twice as long to do the same job as another contractor. Does that make the actual job any more or less valuable? If you think about it, isn't getting the job done faster actually worth more? The second thing you need to do is decide what your time is worth. Okay, I just made a point of saying that we need to stop thinking in terms of hourly rates, but let's think in terms of hourly rates for this one. If you do a job that you could pay someone else the equivalent of $25 per hour to do for you, you are essentially working for $25 per hour. If the job takes you twice as long, you're now working for $12.50 an hour. And if it takes you even longer, well, in my case... I usually end up working for pennies. Allow me to illustrate. Back in my old house, there was a day that I took off work to get some stuff done in the basement that I was renovating. On one of my many trips out to the garage, 
I ended up at the fence talking to my neighbor and his friend for a few minutes. My neighbor asked me if I was working that day, and I said no. I took a personal day. I wanted to get some stuff done in the basement. His friend looked at me and asked me why I didn't just hire someone to do the job for me. It would have got done faster. I wouldn't have had to take the time off work, and I could have used my personal day for something else. Isn't there another way that I would rather spend my time? Up to that point, I hadn't really given it that much thought, but I did the quick math in my head, and I realized that I was probably losing more money by taking time off work than it would have cost me to hire someone to do what I took the time off work to do. This completely shot down my notion that I was saving money by finishing the basement myself. And at that point, I just started thinking of it as a very expensive hobby. And when you are comparing the cost of hiring someone to the cost of doing it yourself, be sure to factor in the cost of any tools that you need to buy in order to do the job. The pro already has whatever tools that he needs. Now, some of us are tool junkies. And we use the project as an excuse to add another cool tool to our collection. And come to think of it, that on its own might be a very good reason for doing it yourself. Sure, you'll have those tools on hand for the next time, but be sure to factor in the cost this time. If you're spending as much on tools as it would cost to hire someone, then you're not really saving anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that, unless, of course, your motivation is to save money. A second reason why you might choose to do a job yourself could come down to budget. This has to do with the affordability of the project. In the previous example, I was talking generally about wanting to save money. Now I'm talking about needing to save money because you just don't have the money to spend. You might not have the finances to hire someone to do the job, and let's face it, you work for cheap. DIY also gives you the ability to spread out the cost over time by doing as little or as much as you can afford here and there until the project is complete. For a while, when I was working on that basement renovation, money got really tight. So I was buying and installing just a single bundle of insulation each week because that's all I could afford to do. I could have bought all the insulation I needed all at once and charged it. Or I could have hired someone to install the insulation for me for a single time charge on my credit card. But by doing it myself, a little at a time, I avoided getting sucked into that vortex of credit card debt. Reason number three to DIY. Quality control. Contractors in general have a bad reputation for cutting corners and hiding poor workmanship. When you do a job yourself, you have complete knowledge of how the work was done. It's the old adage, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Well, not necessarily. Sure, there are some bad contractors, but there are also a lot of very good contractors. You just don't hear about the good ones as much. Who is going to do a better job? Someone who does it for a living? Or you, someone who is learning as you go? Of course, you might be able to do as good a job or a better job than a contractor. Or not. It's just not as simple as painting all contractors with a single brush stroke. Reason number four, the challenge. 
You don't grow unless you challenge yourself. And DIY can be a fun process capped off with a real sense of accomplishment. The fifth reason to DIY. Bragging rights. <laughs> the old ego massage. This goes beyond that sense of accomplishment that I just mentioned. This has to do with being able to point to something that you did and show it off to your friends and family. But do you really have bragging rights? Or does it look like a job that you did yourself, you hack you? It can go either way, folks. If you do it yourself, you might impress your friends, or they might wonder why you were too cheap to hire someone. If you hire someone, your friends might be impressed, or they might wonder why you would pay someone to do something that you could do yourself. And that brings us to reason number six. Why DIY? Because we think that we're supposed to do it ourselves, or others expect us to. You probably know someone who's a jack-of-all-trades, someone who makes you feel inferior if you even mention thinking about hiring a contractor. Oh, you can do that yourself. I did it myself. You're crazy to pay someone else. And for us guys, it can even come down to a question of our manhood if we're not swinging a hammer. After all, it's a guy's job to build stuff. What kind of man are you? And as if that's not bad enough, we watch people like us renovating houses on television and we think we ought to be able to do that too. Or worse... We think we can do it ourselves just because it looks reasonably easy on TV. But we don't have the benefit of post-production editing in real life. Look, the previous owner of our house was a do-it-yourselfer. Neighbors watched as he took apart a garage, moved it over board by board to the side of the house in order to create the family room. More than 20 years later, that structure is still standing, so he was able to nail boards together. But he didn't get walls straight. He installed siding, he hung drywall, he did the electrical. He had the rudimentary skills to do everything. But he lacked the knowledge to do everything right. And he lacked the workmanship to do it well. And did I mention that he did all this without pulling any permits or getting any inspections? Nobody checked his work to make sure it was done right. And it wasn't. And that's why we are going to have to tear down his addition to build a new one. A few final thoughts. Instead of asking, can I do whatever myself? You should ask yourself if you can do it well. Even if you consider yourself a do-it-yourselfer, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to be a jack-of-all-trades. Few people are good at everything. There is no shame in calling in the pros. And when you do call in the pros, take advantage of the situation. Pay attention to how they do the job. Ask questions. Just don't be a pest. You just might learn enough so that next time you really can do it yourself. But just because you can do something yourself doesn't necessarily mean that you should. And it doesn't mean that you have to. The bottom line. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. You can learn to do just about anything. Just make sure you know how to do the job right and that you know what you're getting yourself into and the consequences if you mess up. And that's going to do it for this episode. I 
Hope that I at least gave you a different way of thinking about DIY so that you can make the right decision for the right reason when taking on a home improvement project yourself. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Thumb and Hammer podcast. Visit the show notes page at thumbandhammer.com for more information and useful links about the topics covered in this episode and to leave your comments. And while you're at thumbandhammer.com, you can sign up for my mailing list. Or if you'd like to contact me directly by email or voicemail, you can do that too. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and please take a moment to leave a rating and review in iTunes. Thank you again for joining me. Until next time, work safe and take care. Cheers. Cheers.